This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. And welcome back. Remember, you can listen to the show anytime you like. All you have to do is go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. We spend the next two segments talking about mental illness. In the studio with me now, we're joined by John Cummings. John is with Mental Health Recovery Services of Warren and Clinton Counties. It's our pleasure to welcome John to the show. Good morning, John. How are you? I'm doing great. All right. How are you doing? I'm doing great. (laughs) Now, John, you are with Mental Health Recovery Services of Warren and Clinton Counties. Tell us about the programs and services that you guys provide to the community. We work with several uh, provider agencies within the two counties to do things like treatment services, one-on-one counseling, uh, group therapies, um, and then we also work in community supports such as housing, vocational training, things like that, to try to help people who are recovering from mental illness to get back into a so-called normal life. So let me ask you this now. Mental illness is one of those things that's always whispered about, not spoken about. Why is it so difficult for people to discuss mental illness? I think uh, it's a holdover from years past when certain things like divorce and stuff like that were not talked about. It was only whispered about because it just seemed like a defect to people in the past. Now uh, things are coming a little more uh, into the fore where we're able to talk about depression and anxiety. We all experience those things at some level every day. You know, you get anxious about a test, for example, or you get anxious about a speech. But, you know, the difference between moving from that to a clinical issue is not as much a a big deal anymore. People are a little more receptive to hearing about and understanding what's causing some of these issues for them. So we're seeing a, a, a nice positive movement in that direction. We need to see it move further, though. Okay, good. So you mentioned one thing. Let's talk about that. You mentioned anxiety disorder, and I know that's one of the things that you guys, one of the services that you guys, you know, you work with as well. So let's talk about that and what does that look like? Explain to us what that is. Well, if you picture um, feeling, like I said, the anxiousness over a test, for example, that comes and goes, you know, a little Mm -hmm. bit here and there. But when it gets to be a clinical issue, it really is affecting your everyday life. You're afraid to get out of bed. You're afraid to move out of the house just because you're so worried about something happening or something not happening um, that it becomes debilitating in your life. And you, you really just don't move forward from that. That's when it starts to become a clinical issue and something that you might want to reach out about. Okay. And so I was reading somewhere in some of the information that you guys provided that Sometimes you have to be careful because sometimes that could be a medical issue and not really, you know, really anxiety. Explain the difference there. It Sometimes, you know, certain things will mask themselves and not being a clinician myself, I'm the director of communications for them. Um, it's always something that you want to reach out about and, and ask a medical professional or a mental health professional to help discern the two. Sometimes, you know, heart issues, you know, heart palpitations will mask, you know, those things and and look like anxiety, whereas, you know, it could be a a big medical issue that really needs some attention there, too. So you need the help of a professional to help discern what these types of things are that are helping uh, move uh, into that realm. So what do we know about some of the triggers for people that do they have triggers for anxiety, things that trigger their anxiety? Sure. And it's all different for different people. You know, Mm -hmm. for example, if you're really anxious about, you know, being heights, having a phobia of heights, 
you know, knowing that you're going to have to ride an elevator up, you know, that will be, that could be a trigger. Certain experiences in life that have, you know, created that issue for you. Um, maybe you're, you've been on a ladder or something like that, that just seeing that can be a trigger, you know, things like that. So there are certain issues that are a little more triggering for people than others. They're all different. Everybody's going to have a different experience with that. So it's better to, you know, talk to somebody professional to help discern which one is which. Okay. So when I think about anxiety, I think a lot of people think about anxiety and then a panic attack. Mm. There's a huge difference, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Anxiety tends to be a longer lasting kind of thing. Panic attacks will come on very suddenly a lot of times. Panic attacks tend to uh, come right up, you know, almost an immediate thing, whereas anxiety kind of builds a little bit. So, you know, that's when you want to be mindful of those types of things. But again, you know, it's helpful to talk to somebody to really discern that. So what does treatment look like for anxiety disorder? Uh, Sometimes it will involve medications. Um, People will uh, maybe need something to quell the anxiety first and and attack that symptom before they really start into what we would say is a a one-on-one therapy just to talk to somebody about what it what creates that anxiety in somebody what types of things are you really concerned about or afraid of or things like that and why you know really getting to the root of why so sometimes they'll have to you know at least start out with the discussion period and then if you know a psychiatrist is involved the person that needs to dispense the medication they'll work a little bit alongside the psychiatrist to decide that a medication is an important part of their treatment. Everybody's individual, though. All right. And in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. In the studio with me now is John Cummings. He's with the Mental Health Recovery Services of Warren and Clinton Counties. For more information, you can reach out to us on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Now, let's move on. Let's talk about suicide, because I know that's another area that you guys work on and that you focus on at Mental Health Recovery Services. What are some of the leading factors that lead to suicide? What do you guys know? Uh, it tends to be life issues, for example. You know, people come across a job loss or um, they're experiencing financial issues where they're going to maybe lose their job, lose their house. Um, sometimes it's even family issues uh, that come into play where, you know, a divorce comes into uh, their lives or uh, something happens to a family member that's really devastating and things like that. It can kind of trigger those depressive feelings. And depending on what's going on in life, it can really linger and really cause them to shut down, not want to talk to anybody about what's happening. Sometimes they can put on a really great front, too. You know, people will you know not notice, for example, somebody who's really smiley, really bubbly, but on the inside, they're really hurting. Um, and it takes a really tuned in friend or loved one to really tease that out and start get start that conversation. So those are some of the factors you see when we talk about adult suicide. Let's talk about teen suicide. What are some of the factors that you find that lead most teens to take their own life? What are the factors? A lot of the factors tend to be, you know, fitting in, you know, in school. I remember back in high school for myself, you know, it was always, you know, seeing people work in cliques and different groups, you know, the the jocks or the music people, the band folks, you know, and if people feel like they don't fit in anywhere, that can cause some really stressful feelings for them, feeling lonely, feeling isolated. Um, so we want to watch those kinds of things um, and make sure that 
you reach out to people who are um, maybe sitting by themselves in the lunchroom or, you know, spending a lot of time alone in the library, things like that. You want It's helpful to have at least one close friend that you can talk to. And that's what we encourage uh, schools to build on in in uh, their classrooms and their lunchrooms and things like that, you know, seeing that one person that's sitting alone and go and at least engage a little bit. So a lot of times with teenagers, I think a lot of this has to do sometimes with bullying. Mm -hmm. And I think bullying has changed from when we were in school. You know, um, now it's more social media and things like that. Let's talk about how bullying has really changed and the impact it has um, when it comes to suicide rates. It's amazing. You know, these days, it used to be you'd just be bullied in the school, uh, in the hallway, you know, now, of course, as you mentioned, social media comes into play. People are sending you messages all the time and, you know, tr- attacking the, the person that you are um, or some characteristic about you. Um, and that can really isolate kids. That can really make them feel like nobody really sees them for themselves, the qualities that they – the great qualities that they have, I guess. Ohio had ranked 35 among the 50 states for um, – some of the uh, issues around bullying, seeing a lot of uh, problems and things like that. And there's a lot of work to do, but they're moving in a positive direction now, too. We're starting to take notice of kids, um, as we said, isolated in the lunchroom, you know, and being the one to go up to that person. So there was a campaign built around that called Be the One, encouraging people to take some time to talk to kids, talk to each other, and get to know one another, get to know what their likes and dislikes are. And then as they build that friendship, get to know a little more about things that make them feel isolated and help work them work through those things. And again, in case you're just tuning in, we're speaking to John Cummings. John is with Mental Health Recovery Services of Warren and Clinton Counties. For more information on mental health, reach out to us on our Facebook page. Visit Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook and like us there. Now, John, you touched on this, but let's talk more about some of the more common warning signs of suicidal behaviors. What do we see there? You want to look for, again, isolation, people who are taking themselves out of conversations, uh, taking themselves out of things that they really loved doing before. For example, if they were really into choir, you know, or or some kind of sporting thing that they love to do, and they're not doing that anymore. If they're removing themselves from any conversation from things, period, you know, that's a big warning sign. Other things that you want to look for are giving away possessions, you know, making plans for possessions, and sometimes even really upbeatness after a period of seeing a down feeling in somebody and they suddenly get very happy, that might indicate that they've got a plan already. You know, and you want to reach out to somebody and say, you know, are you thinking about this? You know, you're not going to harm, you know, or bring up things that are a problem if you just if you ask the question, are you thinking of harming yourself? Are you thinking of taking your life? Um, Because then you start the conversation, you start getting people engaged and talking about why this is happening in their lives. And you maybe move them away from that thought uh, the more you talk to them. Okay. And again, in case you're just tuning in, we're speaking to John Cummings. He's with Mental Health Recovery Services of Warren and Clinton Counties. Now, what advice would you give a parent that's listening this morning uh, if they have a child that was recently diagnosed with a mental illness? What would you say to them? Certainly don't give up. You know, your child needs you. 
if there's a mental health issue involved in your family, um, you know, all the more reason to reach out to support groups. Uh, there are plenty of them. NAMI, for example, the National Alliance of Mental Illness has a Southwest Ohio chapter, um, and they have parent groups to help you through those issues as well. Uh, Mental Health America also is, has great support systems as well. And, and the agencies that would be treating the child would also have some ways of connecting you to su- support groups. There's a, a lot of things that uh, therapists can tell you as a parent to you know do and watch for and things like that that will help uh, the issues as well. Uh, so you can't get discouraged. You know, Just because a mental illness comes up does not mean that your child cannot move forward and live a healthy, normal life. So what can you do if you have a mental illness and you feel that, you know, these symptoms are coming on and you can recognize them yourself? What can you do? Reach out. You know, we want you to reach out to crisis hotlines, to crisis text lines. Um, You know, it may not be a crisis in your mind, but you want to at least reach out and see what help is available. Those people are are trained professionals that can help guide you uh, to the right answer. Secondly, when once you do decide that that's your uh, route, you want to reach out to an agency. They can give you some suggestions of places that are close to your home, and you can reach out to those agencies to start the process of entering therapy. It's not a problem to do that, and it's a, it's actually a positive step. You're understanding that, hey, there is a problem. You know, Perhaps I need to understand it better. I need to talk to somebody who, who gets it and who can help me figure out what it is so that we can uh, set up a treatment plan. Okay. What else? When you feel like, you know, a mental illness is coming on, you know, or, or that something is taking an issue, you know, pay attention. You know, you can look up warning signs if you feel depressed, if you feel down and things like that. You can look up warning signs if you don't know them, you know, just to see if it's fitting into what you're feeling, those types of things. Um, absolutely talk to your doctor. If you already have an established doctor and you um, you know, want to understand whether it's a physical issue versus mental health issue. You know, they can help you discern that a little more. Do some testing, of course. You know, and make sure that you know it's not an underlying physical condition that can be treated by them versus a mental health professional. And of course, you know, reaching out when you need the help, when you feel like you know, okay, I've gotten the answers from the doctor that it's not a physical condition. It it could be you know a severe form of anxiety. Maybe I really need to talk with somebody. We encourage you to you know get those answers through uh, mental health professionals at an agency that's close to you and that you feel like you can trust. And finally, John, what is it that you want our listeners to know, the general public to know about the patients you work with, those with mental illnesses? What do you want our listeners to know? I think the first and foremost thing that you want to know is that they are people, you know, just like you, just like anybody else. You know, they they might have a little extra, you know, issue, you know, dealing with life in general. Sometimes the anxieties and the depressions and things like that will be a little more debilitating for someone, you know, that has a mental health issue or an addiction issue, of course, as well. But you want to be cognizant of the fact that, hey, they're recovering. They're working through that issue. They're working on understanding the things that trigger those issues for them, and they're working to better their life as well. Be encouraging of those people as well. Be encouraging every day so that they keep positive and keep moving forward um, and live the life that they really want to live. 
All right. If our listeners would like to reach out to you at Mental Health Recovery Services of Warren and Clinton Counties, how can they reach out to you? Certainly call us at any time during the business day. We're available you know, to answer questions and help direct you to uh, the provider agencies we work with in both counties. Our telephone number is 513-695-1695. And our website is mhrsonline.org. So lots of information out there for you on uh, resources, places to help, um, and just on general anxiety and depression issues that you might experience. All right. Thank you so much, John. Thanks for having me. We've been speaking to John Cummings with Mental Health Recovery Services of Warren and Clinton Counties. Coming up, a film shines the spotlight on mental illness and a father who tragically lost his son to anxiety. That's coming up next as Sunday Morning Magazine continues. More to come on mental health right after this. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever, so you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's sentence clarity rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts.